Hey, I'm Lex. And I'm Serena. Host of the Dream Body Playbook Podcast. A show all about transforming your life and your body to what you've always dreamed of. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests. And you'll get weight loss tips galore from top pros in the industry. And you're going to hear fitness secrets from the CCP team. Plus, you'll get nutrition and training help with our Is It Worth It episodes, where we'll review the latest trends hitting the internet to let you know if it's actually worth your time. Listen every Wednesday to the Dream Body Playbook. Welcome back, guys, to the Dream Body Playbook podcast. It is a beautiful Wednesday afternoon in mid-January, and we are coming to you with a phenomenal topic today that I think is really important, which we probably should have did it before Christmas, but it's okay. We can practice for next Christmas now. That's so true. This happens so much during the Christmas time. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Sorry, guys. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. So we are going to be talking about people pleasing today Mm -hmm. and setting boundaries and how to say no and all of that fun stuff. Just because we think that people pleasing ties into the health and fitness journey more than people seem to realize. Oh yeah. 1000%. Like in every aspect. Okay, so question. Yeah. Answer. <laughs> Are you a people pleaser <laughs> or have you, you know, had the tendencies in the past? I've had the tendencies in the past and I catch myself doing it now. Like I'm more aware of what people pleasing is because I mm-hmm. think in the past I didn't realize like I was people pleasing. I just right. thought like, you know, you want to make everyone happy. You want to like... Yeah. Your parents are proud of you. Things along those lines. Yep. So I don't. I would say I'm not so much anymore. I'm. I'm way more. I'm gonna do what I want. If you don't. If you don't like it, then Bye. please leave. <laughs> um, and not in a rude way at all. A lot of people will think of that like in a rude way. Like you don't care what yeah. people think. Not in a rude way at all. Just the fact that I'm so confident in one my ability to do what I do for work and life and things along those Period. lines. <laughs> but also just like I know it makes me happy and I don't need anyone else to do that for me and if something isn't making me happy then I'm not going to be involved in it as simple as that but yeah I used college oh my god oh I used to people please in college all the time I did so many things I didn't want to do just because I thought oh they're gonna be mad at me if I don't do it right oh or are they like are they gonna stop inviting me if I if I stop going which is a big fear for a lot of people especially like we're in our 20s like that still happens like it's probably gonna happen all throughout and yeah. then I can't I can't talk on this yet because I don't have kids but like you can only imagine like when you have kids and like with oh, other God. parents' opinion and things along those lines so this not only relates to health and fitness it, it ties into every single aspect of your life yep I do think there's a very specific topic that we could talk about with setting boundaries um which we'll get to later on but setting boundaries around like mental health and certain relationships with people around body image and yeah, body shaming and things along those lines. Yep, I agree. Yeah, um, there's a lot of that. A lot of that. Yeah. Okay, so I want to kind of just go over like yeah, everything like what that we're people cover. pleasing even is. Yeah, for people that don't know. Yeah, that's true. So there's a lot of things that stem people pleasing. Like we aren't just naturally born to just want to please others. Mm-mm. I think there's a lot of either self-esteem. Fear right. of rejection, social des- pressure, social pressure for sure. Like desire to just be liked, exactly. Um, like doing certain things. For some reason, my brain's going to Addison Ray right now. I don't know why, but Addison Ray, the TikToker. Yes, because okay, the things that she started out doing and her wholesomeness and like where she was in life before getting famous, like she is, and the things she's posting now 
showing off her body. Oh, like half. I don't keep up with her. Yeah. So like I've seen it on TikTok recently. It's like half nude pictures, like all of these things. It's like her, not to say like her morals went out the window, but kind of like she shifted into what I think she thinks a lot of people want her to post. Mm. Cause like a lot of people do talk about her body. She's got great curves. She's amazing. She like does, yeah. she's beautiful. Like she's a beautiful woman, but I think that desired to be famous and that desired be liked and that desire to get views comes from a lot of one self-esteem mm-hmm. fear of rejection. And that's a thing for these huge TikTokers and stuff like can't being canceled. Oh, my people will cancel you in a heartbeat. And so I think the big fear of that, like, I don't know why my brain went to her, but I was just like thinking like all her sweet soul. And now she's just like posting like Megan Fox and like wearing nudity out in public and stuff. And like, you can just tell from like looking at her, well, one, her family dynamic has gone to shit as well. Cause her Mm -hmm. dad's like, yeah, whatever. Well, that's Mm -hmm. another topic for another day. Well, that could be another reason why she might be acting Right. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of underlining things there, but in the long run, I feel like there's a lot of trying to please everyone around her. Yeah. And maybe losing herself in the process of it. Hmm. So that was a little side note on like where my intrusive thoughts are. That's me <laughs> acting on my intrusive thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like having low self-esteem, fear of rejection. So if, if maybe you have trauma from childhood that you just have been afraid of losing people, like especially like think relationships. You can talk on this. I actually have... This is my deep-rooted issue that I figured out that goes back to why I've done a lot of things I've done in my life. Okay, I'm ready to share this. <laughs> I was in sixth grade, uh-huh. and I had I was in the after-school rec program because my parents both worked late, and they couldn't get us after school, whatever. So yeah. we were in the program, and we'd stay there till like 5, 5.30, mm-hmm. whatever, after school. And there was a bunch of other kids there. I had a best friend. Her name was Nicolette. Um, If you're listening to this, sorry. But (laughs) sorry, we're putting on Um, blast, Nicolette. (laughs) Her and then I had a quote unquote boyfriend. You know, you have your first little boyfriend in school. His name is Calvin. Um, And then Calvin. (laughs) I know. He was a sweet boy. Um, Calvin. And then there was Sheila Schoen. I think that was her name. Sorry, Sheila. Don't really care. But um, (laughs) she was like the master behind this whole little plot oh uh-huh. and we were they were all we were all on the playground and they were like kind of like ditching me and they went over to we had like a bigger playground but then there was like a smaller one for like uh-huh. the younger kids they like all migrated over to this smaller playground and i think there was like a couple other people in it and i found out that it was the i hate serena club and i was like what what did i do and like oh. i'm like a 12 year old little girl Probably not even 12. Say, I'm not, sixth grade? Not even 12. Yeah, I don't even know You're how old like I was. like nine or eight. Yeah. So I was just like so upset because I'm like, yeah. why do all my friends hate me? And yeah. so I think that started this whole spiral within me of like low self-esteem yeah. and trying to get friends and acceptance for my friends and like all this stuff. And then I have this whole long period where... I wasn't really a good friend myself, but that's something else to get into another day. What's up, y'all? So we don't run ads on this podcast and we probably won't ever. Our goal here is to share as much information and value with you as possible with a little entertainment, of course. But with that, we need your help in getting the word out about the Dream Body Playbook. So all we're asking for you to do is send this episode to a friend that you think would really benefit from it or share it on your social media stories and tag us. Also, one other thing we're gonna be doing is giving away a $100 Amazon gift card to someone who rates and reviews this podcast every single month. So thank you in advance and we're looking forward to reading your reviews but we'll get back to the episode but yeah it started this whole period of like i just wanted to be liked and accepted by the people around me so i would do things to try to fit in and like when i moved from the city school district to the suburbs in seventh grade Mm -hmm. 
I was kind of made fun of because what I was wearing, yeah, what we I was talked listening about this. to, it was yeah. so different. Yeah. yeah. And so then I like changed my style to be like mm-hmm. fitting in with the suburb kids because I wanted to be like and accept that I didn't want people to have another I hate Serena club. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. kind of like ties into a lot of the things that I, I do. And I found out that was like a big cause of a lot of my problems was that little moment in my childhood. No, 1000%. If you think about it, seriously, like if you're listening to this, pause this right now and think about like what experiences when I was younger Mm -hmm. affect the things I still do today. Because a lot of our trauma, a lot of the reasons we do certain things the way we are now is because our inner child is still damaged. And if you've ever worked with a therapist ever, you know that, well, at least like a decent therapist, they will work with you on like healing your inner child. Right. All the time. Because that's prime examples of things that happen. Because that happens to kids all the time. I and can't it's so, and, it, and it's like, it's quote unquote kids just being kids. But it's actually really messed up. It is. And it leaves an impact on you for the longest time. For the longest that time. Happened, what was that, like 15 years ago for me probably? Yep. And it's still And like, you still know the exact story yeah. in your head. Yeah. yeah. And it's imprinted in there. And like, sometimes I realize it's still affecting the things I do. But I've done a lot better of a job at like gaining control of that. Right. But it's still for the whole time of my high school career college and a couple years afterwards it was still there yeah now and I'm pretty sure like almost everyone can probably think back to a story like that when they were younger right like I can think of one where my self-body image problems started coming in and that was when I was the larger child on the competitive cheerleading team wearing sports bra and spandex to practice and I was the only one that was jiggling around doing my back handsprings Mm -hmm. and a coach pointed it out and so a coach oh god yeah competitive cheerleading it's another level of like Mm. you've seen abby lee muller dance moms it's like that but oh god yeah (laughs) it's if you're in competitive cheerleading more power to you i love it i don't regret any of my time doing it yeah honestly i still watch like competitive cheerleading videos and stuff and it makes me like tear up because i'm like oh Oh. it was so fun (laughs) but i do question if i ever have a daughter would i put her in that sport Mm. because of the negative self body image that i ended up coming out out of it and so many females do so many females because there are a lot of instances where they will look at you and say you won't hit the floor in our uniform until you lose 10 pounds before the competition yeah. this weekend. And everybody and wants like, to be a flyer. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. No, that was out of the story for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like, I will throw you up in the air. That's fine. <laughs> I'm way too tall, way too big for that. So, yeah, like everyone can look back on at least one story and yep. think about like, oh, okay, this is where a lot of this is stemming from. Yeah. But until you do the work and actually think about it and process those emotions – a lot of times we think we just think that's how we are. That's just who we are. Yeah. Like we don't understand that like it came from somewhere until you really do the do the hard work for it of digging deep. Yeah. And I was um talking to this with my boyfriend and I was like it's so messed up that we literally have one instance happen to us in our childhood from years ago and then we have to spend years like undoing it. Yes. It's kind of like stupid, but <laughs> and some people never undo it. Never. Some people live their entire lives just accepting the fact that that's being, who they are. Yeah. And honestly, it's like there's a sense of freedom when you figure out like how to overcome it, how to like catch catch yourself in the act of it yeah. and stuff and like come out on top of it because it, it brings a lot of negativity, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety. Yep. And that's why we have all of these mental illnesses in the world. And I hate to say this, but it's probably only going to get a little worse because of the internet and technology and right. like I can't imagine being in middle school or elementary school with 
like the type of cyberbullying that goes on today. Oh my god, I know. Like bullying enough was alone, like really bad in like my middle school era. But like having the internet and like Instagram and TikTok and all of those things. Like I remember seeing like Twitter wars, and that was like the worst it got. It was like Twitter yeah. wars, right? And whenever you saw someone going off at each other on Twitter, you were like, ah, like suction cup to it to like watch what was happening. But I couldn't imagine with like the amount of freedom that kids have on the internet to just talk about someone behind a screen with a fake name, whatever it may be, it would be, it would be measurable. It would be so miserable. And so yeah. more power to the parents right now and the kids in like that age. Cause <sighs> gosh. Yeah. And it's, it's a cycle that it repeats itself. Right. So you have these things that happen to you in childhood, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's just say you don't work on fixing them. You, you keep this, you build up feelings of resentment. You have a low self-worth, self-esteem. Then for instance, you see somebody who, is maybe they did work on it or maybe nothing you know that impactful happened to them or things along those lines and then you're just spewing your negativity and your hate towards them because you're resentful that you couldn't get there yep and then okay now that person starts feeling all the stuff that they've worked towards or maybe that they're again they haven't had that experience and then boom it's just a whole cycle and it and fills the world with infectious negativity one thousand percent so I, I love seeing people talking about breaking the cycle of the mental health in their family because it is it's so i I, you could almost even call it like genetic but it it is because it i mean obviously mental health is there is some sense of genetics there but like the way you approach it and the way you handle it like we can't we can't control what happens to us in all cases right but we can control how we react to it in every case and so i think that's huge it was we kind of just like went on off on a little tangent we there did a little bit. but I, I liked it it was great um i think people really need to hear that another thing that i want to touch on with understanding the effects of people pleasing is like how it can manifest those negative things into your life mm. um so if you're constantly saying yes say you're a workaholic Mm-hmm. And you're always saying yes to like when your boss is like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? And you're never setting a boundary of, okay, I can like during working hours, like if you're always doing things on right. the weekends, after hours for them, things along those lines, you can manifest like those unreasonable requests to continue to come to you. Like you're always yeah. accepting it. You're just going to let it keep coming to you. Then you're going to be so stressed and overwhelmed and burnt out yep. and hating your job and hating your life. Yep. 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 Exactly. And just leads to you like neglecting your own needs. Yeah. You you really just completely say, you know what, Lex, I don't care what you really need mentally. I'm just going to keep doing what everyone else wants you to do. And like you said, that's going to lead to extreme depression, anxiety, feeling completely burnt out, which is going to eventually like, you're not going to be as good at your job. You're going to slack off on your job, which may lead to you getting fired one day. With a quiet quit. Yeah. That's been a, like, we talk more on that trend. I've heard of that. (laughs) It's like when employees get burnt out and instead of like quitting, like for real or, or trying to get fired, they just sit there and they do their work but they do it very mediocre very subpar because one they don't want to lose like their salary their benefits whatever the case may be but they just aren't mentally and emotionally present and so they're just like quietly quitting and that's not very fulfilling it's not like doing a which i i I mean not everyone gets the luxury of having a job that they love so much oh i hope you do eventually one day right but finding something that you get excited about and like that's like 
people have told me this before, but like when you find something that like sets your soul on fire that you're super passionate about, but it also makes you money, that's like the dream. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people, wait, what were you going to say? I was going to say I have a sidebar, but keep going. Okay. I'll finish. My, I'll go <laughs> you, with you. You know. looked really excited to say something. I, I am. Like, wait a minute. I am. Um, but a lot of people don't get to experience that. And a lot of people hate their life. They hate work. They hate doing this. They dread going into work. Like, and I, I get that innately in life we're kind of programmed to think like oh work is just a negative thing right but it doesn't have to be and it it goes all off of like one how you approach things like we were just saying you have the complete control and freedom to respond to anything the way even if you do hate your job right even if you do tell yourself you don't tell yourself how excited you are to go into it and i promise you your outlook on it will adjust you will start to like it a little bit more either that or you realize that that's just not for you and you're going to get out of that and get into a position that really does set your soul on fire does that make sense yeah and i mean work is work so obviously nobody really likes working to be honest you have to do it if you want like everybody wants to just get paid to relax all the time but that's just that would be fabulous yeah (laughs) but unfortunately we have to work for things um but what i was going to say was in terms of people pleasing we see this a lot too within careers Mm -hmm. from pressure from your parents to go into a certain career or a certain field or maybe um, set the way of life. So for me, for my instance, my, my mom, sorry, mom, she pushes um, a nine to five job on me, which technically, I mean, we kind of do work nine to five, but she pushes me into doing like getting up and leaving the house. You need to get up, go to an office job and sit at the desk all day and it's got benefits and, da, 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 da. and I'm like, but mom, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I just don't. And I've had to argue with her a million times about it. And then there's the whole marriage and kids thing, which I'm not even going to get into on this podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> let's just say, I don't really know if I want to go there. So yeah, no, um, I can completely relate. Cause I mean, as many of you can assume, like if you come to your parents in the middle of your master's degree, not even finishing school yet and saying, Hey, I don't think I'm going to actually go apply to jobs when I get done with this. I think I'm just going to work for myself. Yeah. Literally laughed in my face. They were like, um, huh? (laughs) They were like, you're you're not going to make any money. You're not going to do any of this. So I decided I'm, I'm one that like, you tell me I'm not going to do something. (laughs) Watch me. (laughs) Um, like that's very much my personality. Like I take that as a challenge. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I did. And especially during like the COVID, I guess I got, I don't want to say lucky because of COVID we've talked about this before, but I had that extra time to where like, yeah, I could go all in. Like I could just dive all in and teach myself as much as possible. And I knew from an early, early time point on that I didn't love working for someone else. That just wasn't, wasn't written into my chapters for me. Like that was just not, that's not meant for me. I'm very independent and I love the creativity side of owning a business and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And so I just decided to be like, okay, that's fine. Like I still have a year and a half of my master's degree. If anything, I'll get a part-time job in a hospital and I'll go do that. And I'll still do my thing on the side because this, I just really enjoy doing this. Like this is fabulous. I love it. Yeah. Um, And then by the time I was done with my master's degree and through with my internship and stuff, I was kind of (laughs) like, Actually, I lied. <laughs> I'm not going to apply to any part-time positions, which I applied to one. I actually did apply to one. And I, I think I applied to it just for kind of like shits and giggles. Yeah. To just kind of see. And then also just to kind of like, people please. So like just kind of like settling the commotion of it and just be like, look here, I did it. But in the back of my mind, I knew I wasn't going to follow through with any of that. I was like, yeah, I'm maybe I'll do an interview or two or just kind of see if I like the people because you never know. Right. Give myself that opportunity. Right. Yeah. No, it just didn't work out. And, but I had to prove myself to them to get to that point where they're like, okay, you're actually doing this. Like 
you can right. do this. But I still do struggle with, I think it's just like our parents' generation. I, yeah. I might have said this before. I don't know if I've maybe talked about it on like a Facebook Live or something. But like my mom's the same way. She thinks, get up, get out of the house, go work for a period of time and then come home. Because she grew up thinking, oh, when you go to work, you get up, you leave the house and you right. and you do whatever you're going to do throughout the day. And then you come home at the end of the day, which it used to be that for everyone. Like yeah. working from home was not a thing. Like that just wasn't a thing. Even though my dad did work from home when I was like younger, now that I'm thinking about it. But that just like wasn't a thing for them. And so the concept is very different. Yeah. Like she loves when we come and do this and like get out of the house and she's like, oh, you're going to meet Serena. That's great. Like She loves it. Um, and I'm like, yeah, it, it's fabulous. Like I love doing these days too, but also like I've got my office at home and do this. And so just kind of building your own reality and accepting that, like me and you have yeah. learned to accept that that works for us. That's what makes us happy. Yep. That's what we are successful doing it doesn't really matter what they think yeah. like there are parents and we love them dearly like love y'all but like also we know what's best for us now at this point too like we're we're adults and stuff and i think like they they, they respect that and we just have to set that boundary, boundary. <laughs> which we'll talk about yeah we just have to set that boundary yep. boundaries are literally lifesavers oh my god <laughs> let's talk about that let's do it so let's talk about like you guys like kind of dive into like what is a boundary? Because I feel like there's fine lines between being like straight up rude and mean and like cutting people out of your life. Oh, yeah. And boundaries. And then also just like doing whatever everyone wants you to do. Okay, cool. So let's dive into like what are what boundaries are. Like what's the difference between screw you. I'm not ever talking to you ever again. And I right. don't appreciate what you're doing and setting a healthy boundary. So from my knowledge and my experience and all of the books I've read and courses I've taken and stuff like that. Boundaries are basically just a way for you to be firm in stating what it is that you want and what it is that you need. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, I'm trying to think of an example. Say there's a friend. Oh, okay, go for it. I was going to use you okay. if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, so let's say I'm really busy with clients and all that fun stuff on a Tuesday, checking mm -hmm. day. Yep. And you're like, hey, Serena, can you, um, you know, I don't know take this sales call for me or something. Yeah. I'm just throwing something out there. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I can't freaking do that. Like, what do you, like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. okay, that's me being rude. Yeah. But for instance, if I was to set the boundary, be like, you know, Lex, I would love to do that and get the experience, things like that. But I'm really, really kind of busy today with yep. client check-ins. Do you mind if we move it to tomorrow? Yep. That's more so me setting a boundary in terms of my time, my work capacity, my mental load. Rather than me just being straight up rude and freaking out on you for being overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a great example right there because it's the way you communicate it. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, because it all has the same results on the back end, but also the first way that you mentioned might cause a little bit of anger in me and be yeah. like, "Yeah, what the heck? Like, why? Like, what? Where'd that come from?" While the other one, I'm going to be like, "Well, yeah, of course we can do it tomorrow." Like obviously you're busy, you know? Right. So it's the way, if, if you want a really good response from someone, do it the healthy way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so the example that I was thinking of was, say you have this friend and if this friend is maybe a fad diet, cardio queen, really into diet culture mm. and barely like really does her research on things and just does what like she sees, you know? Yeah. And then say you're someone who maybe has been working with a coach and you know what you need to be eating and things along those lines. But say you go to dinner with this friend, mm. you order a meal that you know for a fact works for your body 
and it may be a bigger meal than what your friend is eating. Right. And if your friend brings up the fact that you're eating too much or any kind of negative self-talk around what you're eating, what you look like in your clothes, what your body looks like and stuff, I think a healthy way to set that boundary with that friend is to just simply express how that makes you feel to them. So be like, hey, I, I really don't appreciate it when you're talking so negatively about the food that I'm putting in my body, the way my body looks compared to mm. yours. I would really appreciate it if to respect our friendship, we just stayed off of that topic and just kind of put like a nutrition yeah. body image, what's on my plate as like a no-go zone of like, right. hey, this is my boundary with us. Like, I don't want to talk about that with you because it doesn't make me feel good. And then leaving it. Now, if your friend chooses to respect that boundary and actually, you know, respect your friendship in that way, fabulous. Right. If they don't, I think we need to reestablish some friendship, like, lines. <laughs> right. Or, so. and if that friend doesn't respect that, then maybe setting another boundary saying, hey, like, I don't feel comfortable going out to eat with you anymore. Yep. Maybe our activities can be something like going to the movies or, yep. you know, there something you that doesn't involve food. <laughs> exactly. Take it to the next level because boundaries don't have to just be verbal. They can be like right. what you do with people. So yeah, yeah I, I love that. And that's that's a great example because if that is a problem with a friend or a family member, it can be anyone, even like a coworker. If that's happening every time you go out to lunch with a coworker, just tell them like, hey, I don't think we can go out to lunch anymore. If you, if you want to like meet for coffee in the morning and just get a cup right. of coffee, that's great. But I don't think I can do a full meal with you anymore. Yeah. Something along those lines. And it's also so the one well not one but two important things about boundaries is you have to one understand what it is that you're feeling yeah and what you're needing and wanting from whatever situation relationship friendship etc but you also have to know how to communicate those feelings effectively so yeah. it's kind of goes boundaries and emotional intelligence kind of go like ha hand in hand yeah without like letting your emotions take over right because i feel like that's that's something that I can personally speak on that I've grown a lot in the past year. I guess, yeah, a little bit over a year since I started dating Nick, honestly. So, yeah. so Nick is very emotionally intelligent, I would say. He is like a man that can just control. Like He's very good at communicating. Well, I'm not going to say very good at communicating. <laughs> Sorry, honey. I'm going to say he's very good at controlling his emotions and separating his motion, emotions from mm. the conversation mm. so that it doesn't take over. While Meanwhile, me, I used to just explode be like everything would take over my my heart rate would go up I would just be completely like unhinged almost because yeah. I didn't know how to separate my emotions versus my thoughts and they would just kind of collapse you know and so I think I've learned a lot from him with communication he'd be like okay sometimes we take five minutes like right if we're we know that a boundary in our relationship sometimes in order to come to a conclusion we have to just take five, 10 minutes away from each other before even discussing the topic that we're both upset about. Yeah. And that's kind of our boundary of saying, hey, debrief pretty yeah. much, take a pause, take a time out. And then when we come back together after that, it's way more calm. We're both talking in a normal tone of voice. Yeah. We're not getting excited. We're not letting emotions take control. And I think a big thing that helps with that is consistency. Mm -hmm. And this goes for anything. If we just did that once in a blue moon and our, and our fights were like that once in a blue moon, but other times they're like completely unhinged. That's not going to be healthy for our relationship. We're not right. going to get anywhere. But if we stand firm in the fact that like, hey, this is what we do when we get a little emotional about things, we're going to take a break and then come back together once we have time to collect our thoughts and let our emotions come down a little bit. That's when the boundary starts to really 
set in stone, stay in place. Because if you don't stand firm in what you're setting a boundary with, like if you keep going out to lunch with that friend, even though right. you said, I'm not going to go out to lunch with you, nothing's going to change. Exactly. Yeah. And you, it's, it's something, it's all going to take practice. Right. Like you have to, okay, yes, you have an idea that you want to set this boundary, but when that instance comes, you need to actually follow through with what you're saying mm-hmm. on one, communicating the boundary, but two, also respecting the boundary. Yep. Because then if not, you're just going to end right back up to square one. Yep. And this kind of goes along the lines of what I posted on our Facebook page yesterday is keeping promises to yourself. Oh, yeah setting that boundary between you and whoever it may be is equivalent to keeping promises to yourself because you're promising yourself that you're not going to put yourself in that uncomfortable position yep and if you are consistently not keeping promises to yourself have you heard health and fitness coaches talk about how your metabolism can help you burn fat even while you're sleeping and you just think how trust me we get it it's all so confusing to know what you need to do to get your metabolism working the way you want it to but today you're in luck we have created a done for you daily checklist that will set your metabolism on fire all you have to do is dm us checklist and we will send it your way completely for free all right now let's get back to the episode you're consistently not ever going to kind of that goes into line with anything within going to the gym within meal prepping like things along those lines if you're not consistent with keeping that promise it's never going to become a habit or a lifestyle that's something actually too that when I left my old job, I was like being put in the position where I was starting to feel like I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And when I left my abusive relationship, I promised myself that I would never let any situation, person, nothing like that make me feel like I wasn't good enough again. Right. And so even though I, at the time, like I needed the money, things along those lines, and I was going to be basically broke if I didn't, you know, yeah. li- if I didn't uh, stay, I was like, you know what? No, I, d- I don't feel good enough. I don't feel appreciated. So I need to just leave this situation because yeah. I promised myself that I wouldn't let anybody make me feel like that. And so that's what I did. And now I'm sitting here and I'm yeah happy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's a really good example of how that boundary can cross over from not just relationship. Like It goes not just like a romantic relationship right? into any other relationship in your life, work, family, romantic, friendship, things along those lines. Yeah, no, I think that's huge. Cool. (laughs) Any other tips that you have for Um, like, let's kind of go over like how to overcome this and get to that place where like you are setting those boundaries a little bit more. I think the first step is just saying no more. Yeah. Like even if, maybe not all the time, but even if it's something that like you don't mind doing and you really kind of like, maybe you want to do it. Just practice saying no. It's so hard. And using no as a complete sentence. Oh, that's all you, you need. You don't yeah. need to explain yourself yeah. if you don't want to. If yeah. you want to explain, like if you want to tell somebody, like, no, I can't, I'm sorry, I gotta do this. Mm-hmm. You can, but you don't feel obligated to explain why yeah. you're saying no. You don't really owe them anything. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I think that's something that I used to have a hard time with, and maybe I still struggle with a little bit, is I'll say no, and then I'll go into this whole story as to why I can't. Right. And I'm like, I wonder if they even care why I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. But um, it's also kind of like, again, going back to that people-pleasing thing, uh-huh. because you're saying no, so you're like now upset that they, you know, they they might be upset that you said upset. no, right? Yeah. So you're explaining like, oh, no, this is why I can't, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Kind of like a fear of rejection thing yep. there. So it's like... It's definitely fear of rejection. Practicing just saying no as a complete sentence, and uh-huh. then if they ask you why, you can explain or you don't have to explain. Yeah. It's up to you. And honestly, if, like, the best answer to, like, explaining or something, especially if it's, like, going out with friends or something, like, I think this is something that a lot of people get tied into going out to dinner and plans and stuff, And but then, like, when time really comes, you're like, oh, I really don't want to go do that. Right. You know, like, you make plans a week in advance, and you're like, 
oh crap, why'd I do that? Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, we do it all the time. But I would say that like, just tell them something came up. Be like, hey, I'm really emotionally drained from today and something came up tonight. Like I just, can we reschedule? Right. No, no one's going to hate you for doing that. Right. No one's going to hate you Unless for Unless you do that. it every single time. I mean, that right. would be a different If question, you're doing right. it every single time, then maybe that's time to look inward on yourself and make smarter decisions on the front end. Right. Ask yourself, am I really going to want to do this next week? Exactly. And then tell tell your friend that. Be honest with them. Be like, hey, I'm not really sure where I'm going to, like, where my headspace is going to be at come next Friday. Can I let you know, like, next Wednesday? Yeah. I don't have an answer for you right now. They're most likely going to be like, okay, yeah, cool. Like, yeah, exactly. You know? And I feel like in today's society, especially with people our age, mm -hmm. we are we put more emphasis on mental health and wellness and energy and things along those lines. And so more often than not, we're going to be more understanding yeah. of that than like, you know, somebody of an older stature. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Let's kind of wrap up all of these by talking about how this affects your health and fitness goals. Mm. I think this is, I don't know. I feel like when people come to this podcast, you expect us to talk about health and fitness, which <laughs> yes, but we're also talking about overall health and yeah. internal health, mental health, physical health, all the things. Yep. So the biggest thing that this probably affects is, well, is your mental health, yep. like your stress levels, your overall happiness. Mm -hmm. And then that ties directly to your physical health. Absolutely. And right. your self-image and self-worth. But uh, the reason why I said we probably should have did this before Christmas yeah. was because you know how Christmas events are. There's tons of food and sweets and family members and grandparents and things along those lines trying to send you home with plates full of food and oh cookies God, yeah. and leftovers. We experienced that. <laughs> Luckily, Nick can eat enough for like four people. Oh, so good. <laughs> he texts it. <laughs> But more so along the lines of learning how to say no when something might not fit you and your goals. Yeah. Whether that be nutritionally or, again, like you brought up the example with the friend. Yeah. And the diet culture, maybe that friend wants you to come to some crazy cardio hit class, but you're that's not really your thing and that doesn't fit in your program. If you're one of our one-on-one -on -one clients, it does not hit, fit in your program. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or like so, yeah. going out for drinks. And yeah. And maybe you've made a goal to yourself this year that like, hey, or you're doing dry January or I'm not drinking in 2023 or whatever it may be or you're being sober curious and stuff. Yep. Setting that boundary like to not go and get drinks and yeah. knowing that like, hey, this is maybe not going to be the best for what my goals are back again to what we've said multiple times but what is future self going to be proud of yep. asking yourself that question I think that's a big help with understanding what boundaries you really want to make like asking yourself like is future self me going to be proud of this decision or not and if it's not maybe it's time to set a boundary around that yep and like for me for instance I don't really drink anymore mm -hmm. I'll drink if I want to but it's yeah. very rare that I want to yeah. but my grandma she loves to drink I live with my grandma now. Every time, every night or whatever, they go to have a drink. She's like, oh, you sure you don't want any? I'm like, no, grandma, I don't want to drink. Yeah. And she kind of like tries to be pushy a little bit on it. And I'm like, grandma, how many times am I going to tell you? And I have to get firm. I ha you Sometimes you have to get firm. Grandma's getting lit. I'm like, grandma, I'm like, <laughs> I call her party grandma. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So I'm like, grandma, I'm like, I've told you this a million times. My answer is not going to change. If I want to drink, I will I'll let you. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But right now it's no. So I was like, don't even waste your breath or time on asking. And that's not to be mean. Yeah. It's just to save you some extra seconds there okay an yeah. extra second you could be drinking yeah exactly <laughs> take another sip <laughs> no that that's oh, goodness and that's a great example because it does sometimes it happens like every every day for people yeah and that's something where consistency and like repetition with it yeah eventually it will slow down and eventually it will just become a norm and yep. but it might take some time as everything in health and fitness does it that's takes right. time to 
happen, just like weight loss goals. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was going to say. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you go. You go. Well, I had a thought. Going from like your stress and mental health and stuff, if you aren't setting these boundaries, it's most likely, like we said, depression, anxiety, which is then going to lead to sleep being really thrown off. Yep. When your sleep is really thrown off, it affects your physical health. You're either going to be really too tired to go to the gym and you're going to end up skipping the gym. You're not going to be a little bit more lazy when it comes to cooking your food. You're not going to want to meal prep, eat the veggies. You're going to want to just run through McDonald's. Right. Or it, get some sugar to kind of get right. your blood sugar up. Exactly. Boost boost your energy. And then it's also going to affect those hormone levels. Mm-hmm. Um, that cortisol level is going to be heightened a ton, which is going to prevent you from losing fat loss anyways. Yeah. Until you get that cortisol level normalized and, and back down to regular levels, your fat loss goals are, are going to be on halt. And so all of this trickles, <laughs> trickles down to where everyone's, not everyone, but most people's goal really lies is in like the physique and the weight loss aspect of yeah. things. But really that's the last thing to come. Everything else needs to come before it to actually build this lifestyle to where your body can maintain that physique and feel good in that physique and have enough energy in that physique. Because honestly, like if you look like a bikini competitor, bodybuilder and stuff, and you feel like crap, it's not worth it. And if you ask most people who are on stage, they do feel like crap. They can't wait to reverse. Yeah. <laughs> They're so excited to reverse. So um, tired. Yeah, so tired. Their energy levels are so low. They're losing hair. They've lost their period. That's a whole other side note. We can I can actually bring on a friend of mine that's done bikini competitions. That She loves them, but she also loves the reverse process of them and getting her health back as well. So shout out Emma there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I know you're talking about Emma. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she'd be a great person to have a conversation oh, with. let's do it. Yeah, a little sneak peek. There you go, guys. But I think it's really important to not only focus on the physique goals and stuff where all of this stuff comes before that yeah Um, and if we don't get that under control it's going to be even harder for you to get to those goals and that's the reason why we wanted to talk about this on the podcast today is because it is a new year I know you guys are hearing this a few like a couple months into the year and stuff but it's a new year I don't want to say new you but new (laughs) goals um it's like so typical new year new you um but new goals and start holding yourself accountable start setting those boundaries start holding other people in your life accountable because Mm -hmm. it's going to be a game changer for every aspect of your life yeah and and if it's hard for you to hold yourself accountable look into getting help with that right either up there you can go to therapy for your mental accountability you've got us for Mm -hmm. your fitness and nutrition goals or another coach if if you have one in mind um but making sure that you have a plan in place for self-accountability if not some guided accountability from other people as well all right what were we just talking about accountability and coaches and stuff okay yeah so i think i remember where we're going so having that having a coach like serena was saying us or whoever you choose to have we are going to help you kind of put that into place Mm-hmm. And help you stay consistent with it at first. Yeah. Because we are watching everything you're doing every single day. We're checking in with you every day. We're doing like detailed check-ins every week. And we're we're making sure that you're not only holding yourself accountable, but you're setting those boundaries. You're yep. being consistent with those kind of things. Doing the mental work. Gratitude. Sleep. Positive affirmations. We have so many of our girls on positive affirmations right now. I mean, I still do them. I, I yeah. They are a game changer. So I just think everything that we went over is 
share this with a friend. That's all I can say. Yes. Share please. it with a friend because it's going to be so beneficial for someone out there listening. And I just kind of want to re- recap on like all of the topics that we talked about. But the first one was just understanding like why you feel like you're people pleasing all the time. Yep. Kind of ask your inner child, take a second and think back on like, where is all of this rooting from? Think about how it's affecting your life by people pleasing. So like, are you feeling burnt out? Do you feel like your self-worth is really low right now? Are you feeling resentment towards certain people? Mm-hmm. Think about those things. Setting boundaries. Think about what boundaries you want to set and what boundaries you need to set and yeah. act on them. Honestly, like write it out. Like write it in a journal. Oh, a thousand percent. Write it out and write down a game plan for it. Like yeah. seriously, put it in paper so that it's under, like, cause it can be really nerve wracking. Oh yeah. It can be so nerve wracking. So put it on a piece of paper, write it out, talk about it with someone that you really trust. If you don't have anyone to talk about it with, shoot us a message. We'll talk about it with you mm-hmm. and then act on it. Make sure yep. you do it. Don't just, don't just be all talk, like act on it and, and put it into place. And then I guess uh, the last one is just building up the confidence for staying consistent with it and asking for help or just really keeping those promises to yourself. Yeah. Sweet. If you guys have any questions about this stuff, obviously reach out to us because it, it's very nitty gritty. And it is. I know your, your relationships are very fragile and you want to make sure that you're handling it the right way to where you don't damage mm-hmm. any of those relationships, which that's okay. Just take your time. Don't rush into anything. Right. Don't rush it. You're fine. You've got plenty of time, but let's, let's talk about some resources. I know you had a good book for people to go read. I actually have two. Okay, great. Uh, I thought of another one. Okay. So like I said, emotional intelligence and boundaries kind of go hand in hand. So there is a book called emotional intelligence mm-hmm. that I read, which was great. Um, it's very short, easy to read. I don't remember the author, so forgive me, but it's got like a brain on the front with a bunch of stuff coming out of it. You'll be able to find it on Amazon. Yeah. And then the other book is setting how to set boundaries and what did I say? Set boundaries, find peace. Set boundaries, find peace. Yep. By um, I don't remember who it was by. Let me look her up. I can't uh-huh. remember. It's Noir. Hang on, zooming in. Nedra Glover Tawab. Incredible oh. book. This book helped me define my boundaries, set my boundaries, all of that fun stuff. And I had actually read this book before I started therapy. So when I got to therapy and I was telling my therapist about all this stuff, she was like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, I learned a lot. I "I learned a lot in this book. (laughs) So those are my top two books. Yeah, definitely start with those books. That would be great. I'm going to go get the one that you were talking about here with the finding, setting boundaries, finding peace. Because also if you feel like you do pretty good at this already, keep learning about it. Yeah. Keep educating yourself. Keep practicing that don't think like it's just like health and fitness like oh yeah I've reached my health and fitness goals I feel like I'm really confident in the gym and doing it you can't just stop eating healthy and going to the gym it's not going to stay the same you've got to keep the repetition and the practice so yeah keep educating yourself on it it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle awesome this is a great episode. I know. I'm loving it. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, we hope that you guys are loving these episodes. Like we always say at the end of every podcast, if you have something specifically that you want us to talk about, shoot us a message on um, Instagram or leave a review in the comments with some in the comments, in the show in the notes. Is that what it's called? No, I think we read the show notes. We'll leave a review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you do it, but leave a review. Um, and let us know like what you'd want to hear or any specific topics that you want. Um, but we are always here to help and always here to provide value and stuff. And we have so many pieces of value that we can offer you. So if you are struggling with something really specific, just let us know. We probably yeah. have a training on it that we can send your way. But yeah, until next week. Remember, we post every Wednesday. And Wednesday. subscribe, leave a review, and we'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye.